Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the What the Heck Just Happened Wild Trade Edition of the NBA podcast at NBC Sports. I'm Kurt Heelan, the managing editor of the NBA page at NBC Sports with you as always. And today, Dan Feldman from NBC is joining me. We got to break down what was an unexpectedly busy day from Miami to Minnesota to Los Angeles. We're going to talk about all the trades, where that leaves teams, who had the good days, who had the bad days, and, uh, what that means going forward towards the playoffs and into the summer and next year. So, you know, what? rather than wait around and talk about why you should subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and all that, like you've heard all that before, you know what to do. Let's just get right into this. Let's welcome in Dan Feldman. How you doing today, Dan? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It was kind of a wild, unexpectedly busy uh, trade deadline that had us both running around kind of a lot of the day. Um, I wanted to start, to me, the biggest surprise of the day ended up being, because I'd heard directly this probably wasn't going to happen, was first off, D'Angelo Russell gets traded. And then for Andrew Wiggins, which just one I never saw coming, man. If you look at the value uh, of taking on Wiggins, like what you would expect as a sweetener, because I think that's a very negative contract, yeah. uh, the first round pick that the Warriors got from the Timberwolves seems about right. And then for Golden State to also give up D'Angelo Russell in the deal, uh, pretty shocking. Yeah, it's almost like there should be... I mean, I kept trying to talk myself into um, Golden State's side of this. And by the way, I, I, I'll i say I really like what Minnesota did. I think they're one of the teams I really like what they did over the break, um, or over the break, over the, uh, over the uh, trade deadline period. Because, I mean, yes, they get D'Angelo Russell. That keeps Carl Anthony Towns happy. Uh, that's a... That's an important start. Like, hey, we went and got your guy, man. We, we you got you got you got a buddy here now. But they get off Wiggins' contract. They get Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez, who can talk about resigning. Right? Um, they got good value back for Covington. The cap was managed well. Like, I just thought Gerson Rosa, like top to bottom, handled this really well um, on their end. And I kept trying to go. All right, so I'm Golden State. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And I just can't get there because. To me, at the end of the day, if you're using, just to me, as much as I might have issues with some of D'Angelo Russell's game, I'd rather have him than Wiggins. Well, Wiggins is a better fit with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Uh, the catch is Wiggins isn't good, <laughs> right? I mean, other than that, you know, fit fit does matter somewhat. I, I mean, to to me, one of two things almost certainly must be true: either the Warriors messed up. Uh, with all the work they did to get D'Angelo Russell last summer, they gave up a first-round pick, a second-round pick. Andre Iguodala accepted a hard cap, uh, handed out a max contract to Russell. That was a lot. Either that was wrong, 
where this trade was wrong. It can't be both. For what they did, the return is awful. Maybe Russell was just that disappointing in their system and to them, and they could see it going south and his trade value shrinking even further. It's kind of hard to to see that from the outside. Uh, but one way or the other, the Warriors did something wrong. Yeah, it's interesting. By the way, if you're looking for something entertaining to watch to blow up the second half of this year in, in or or next training camp in uh, Golden State, how long before Draymond Green, Mr. Leave-it-on-the-floor-hustle-all-the-time guy just strangles Wiggins? Just... <laughs> Well, that's what gets me is everybody's like, well, no, the Golden State's culture, that'll take care of Wiggins, like, he'll be fine. I, there's a chance that works, but it, did no. everybody forget that Jimmy Butler tried to do that and it went terribly? Wiggins was completely resistant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what I kept hearing out of Minnesota during that whole thing was, it's not that Butler really had an issue with Towns, although he, it was much more Wiggins. Um, Towns, defensively, and there's some questions there, but it's not like Towns doesn't put in the work. Wiggins, you know... And the, the frustrating part about Wiggins, and there's other guys through the league who have done this, like once every two or three weeks he has that game, right, where you're like, see, that guy, that's the guy. That's that's the number one draft pick. Now, now I'm going to go back to just being the guy who coasts. So, um, He has the tools. That's, that's what the Warriors have to be hoping somewhat on it is that they can rehab him because he does have the, the upside of being a good player. Because like you said, we, we've seen it in small doses. It's not like they just got some old and injured player who's helpless and on this big contract and is never coming back to what he was. There is a path. I think it's way too narrow to justify this trade, but there is a path for Andrew Wiggins to be a good NBA player. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I just, I can't see it. I, and I don't, I don't get the Harrison Barnes compare. I mean, I get the Harrison Barnes comparisons, <laughs> but I don't get the Harrison Barnes comparisons. I, I don't think you can, I just don't think he's going to be able to help that much in that limited role type of thing. That is the advantage, I guess. You're asking Andrew Wiggins to be your fourth best player, fifth best player, you know, maybe. Maybe come off the bench. Uh, but I still, like, as much as the fit's an issue, I'd almost still rather have D'Angelo Russell doing all of that. So, uh, by the way, did you like what Minnesota did? Yes. I do have some questions about it in the long term. Yes. Uh, specifically with Towns. Uh, that's the one we can confront first. He's their most important player and their best player. He's awesome. I, I'm a big fan of his game, but some of his habits are questionable. His defensive effort yep. is not good. Uh, he had one like awesome teammate in Jimmy Butler, and he couldn't get along with him. And, and by the end, like they were at odds. And instead of just saying, like, yeah, this isn't exactly the guy I want to hang around with, but Jimmy Butler is the player who will help us win – it seemed like Town. I'll put it this way: Town seems happier losing without Jimmy Butler than he ever did winning with Jimmy Butler. And I think that raises some questions, and I wonder if those. I wonder how getting D'Angelo Russell will affect Towns in the long term. Like, what is going to get Towns to be truly committed to winning, rather than he's a great player and he does a lot right, but he just doesn't seem to be totally committed. And he's not alone for a young player. A lot of young players have to figure that out. But a lot of young players don't get the team trading for their good friend just to appease them. Uh, it's usually some hardship that makes players figure it out. Yeah, exactly. I have real questions down the line. Like this is just not going to be a good defensive team if I'm if uh, if I'm playing them like, in a regular season game, let alone a playoff series. You know, which isn't happening this year, but you know, next year or whatever. I'm dragging Russell and Towns into every damn pick and roll I can <laughs> run. Like it's just it's not even close. 
all the pick and rolls, all of them. Like I'm just because I don't think they can cover it. And that becomes an interesting part of building this team. Do you need to find a four who can stretch the four and block shots in a Serge Ibaka kind of way? Do you need it? Like you've got to get your, your two threes have to be really locked down guys now because you're not going to have it at the one and the five. It's just your, your roster construction. You, you know what kind of team you are now and you know where you're going forward, but you've got to put some really specific guys around them to see if this thing can work because I, offensively, I think they'll be fine. Again, any team with downs will probably do well offensively and certainly Russell can get to the rim and he can do some stuff. But defensively, I just got, I've got all sorts of long-term questions about where this thing goes. Sure. To- I mean, totally reasonable. Uh, it's a star driven league and they have two stars now instead of yes. one. Although I'd put D'Angelo Russell on the very low end of star and for the most part, I think if you can go get a star, go do it, and then try and work out those supporting players later. You're right. It's not going to be easy, but it's generally easier to do that than get a star. All right. Was that the biggest surprise to you? Or what what trade had you thinking most yesterday? Uh, the biggest surprise to me was the Grizzlies' absolutely terrible trade with the Heat. I do not like this for Memphis one bit. Uh, and this is a Grizzlies front office that I think did a very good job last year. So that, that made it even more shocking that, you know, all we'd seen from the Grizzlies front office had been good things. And, and then that trade I just thought was terrible value. Do they like Justice Winslow that much? I mean, they took on they some... They must t- love Justice Winslow. Just, like isn't enough. <laughs> I just, I mean, I like Winslow as a player. I think there's potential. Look, he can do a little bit of everything. I like his fit, fine. I like his contract, but they took on, I mean, way to, I mean, they absolutely bailed out Miami. Actually, I think Miami had a nice time, a, a nice playoff. I mean, yes, they add Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder for this run. So they get a little deeper. They get better for this run. They're still, I don't, I don't think they're a threat to the Bucks, but they got a little better. Maybe, maybe they make the conference finals, you know, but what they I really, think, but what they, I think they're a threat, but yeah, but what they really did. <clears throat> was open up their cap space, right? Now they go into next summer with money and a pick and like, hey, maybe they can trade that pick and some and some players to get to bring in another star or they can draft or they can we'll see who's on the free agent market. Like they've got all sorts of flexibility and options now to upgrade this team that they were just anchored by those contracts and Memphis let them out so they could go get Gorgie Jang. Right. I mean, so Jang and James Johnson, uh, they were flipped for each other. And then Deion Waiters, like those are negative value contracts. And to me, it wasn't worth taking on those just to get uh, Justice Winslow. And I like Justice Winslow. Yeah. Uh, But then they also gave up Andre Iguodala and then also gave up Jay Crowder. I I am just stupefied by why they would do that. just hate the trade for them, and I, I hate it more for them than I like it for the Heat, but obviously I like it a lot for the Heat. It's hard to, to have one without the other. Not only is it cap space next summer, no, no draft pick yet. Uh, they, they still owe yeah. those because of the Dragons trade, but cap space Miami goes a long way, and not only yep. cap space next year, you spend it on somebody on <clears throat> one-year guarantee, could have max plus cap space in the summer of 21 when there'll be stars available, and this team is just trending in the absolute right direction to be appealing to somebody like Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Victor Oladipo, or someone else. Right, and that's that's just it. If 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 whatever if one of those guys really starts looking around, and we'll see, you know look we're a ways out, we'll see if those guys are looking. Bucks fans, I still think he resigns. But if you're Miami or any of the teams, and Miami is one of the handful of teams in the league that has a legitimate shot at bringing in free agents. 
when there's a guy of that caliber potentially available, you make sure your cards are lined up so that if it, if it happens, you're there to make, start making plays. You like you, you, you've got to have that flexibility. I, I, I'm with you. I thought that Miami put themselves in a really good spot and Memphis, like Memphis has got a nice solid starting five now next year and stuff. I just, boy, I just, they took on a lot of money and tied their hands for reasons I don't fully understand. Right. I mean, Memphis is, is still in excellent shape. Uh, Part of that is lottery luck in that, you know, they, they had this big move up to number two in a two-player draft to get John Morant. Like, there's a 12% chance of they getting a top two pick. That's the best thing that's happened to them under this regime. They got uh, the number four pick the year before that in a year where there was a really good player available at number four, Jaron Jackson. There's not always a player so good at number four. Uh, so some of this is luck. I like their decision-making overall. Yesterday, a big head scratcher. Yeah. Are the Clippers now the best team in the West? They were before, right? Well, I, that's it, so the question is, for the playoffs or right now? I, I still think the Lakers are probably the best team right now. Yeah. They're, more, they're, they're gelled better. They're fitting better together. They're playing with higher intensity. I still, Even before that trade, I kind of like the Clippers just slightly more for the playoffs, but only slightly, and, and so this probably expands their lead just a little bit. Yeah, I like Marcus Morris's fit. Again, you know what this gives them is not only some – well, somebody to pick up some technical fouls. You know, they've got to absorb a few of those. But, like, somebody, I mean, he is going to be gritty and tough inside and physical and gives them. But it's another versatile player. They are just, they are a lineup that what I like about the Clippers going into the playoffs, assuming health, obviously, is that if your starting lineup is probably still Zubac at center and obviously Pat Beverly at the one, but now with Morris and, and obviously Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that's a lot of versatility. That's a lot of switching. That's a lot of handling matchups different ways. And then, you know, obviously they've got that same versatility coming in. You know, they got some options coming in off the bench. They can close. They can beat you a lot of ways. They can they can play fast. They can play big. They can do whatever. And those are the kind of teams that tend to do well in the playoffs, right? The teams that have that versatility and can say, all right, well, this is how we have to match up against this team. The teams that are able to do that and are are usually more successful. I've heard the criticism that, you know, the Clippers are too stagnant offensively. They don't move off the ball. They don't move the ball quite enough. And Marcus Morris isn't going to help with that. No, he's not. But I'm not sure there was any player they were going to acquire who's going to change their identity. That's the no. style of play, especially with Kawhi Leonard, but other guys on that team, too, that they're going to have. So they're, they're not going to change their stripes. Morris is a good player. There's one player uh, who is at all available who is a credible defender of LeBron and Kawhi and can make three-pointers, and it was Marcus Morris. And the Clippers got him, and they can use him some on LeBron when we, I hope we get that playoff matchup. Uh, obviously, I'll be Kawhi doing the bulk of it, and Paul George will do some, but Marcus Morris can chip in, and that makes it easier. And importantly, they keep him off not just the Lakers, but any team that's going to be trying to defend Kawhi. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you've got when you're trying to defend somebody like LeBron and frankly Anthony Davis, the more bodies you can throw at them, like to keep guys fresh, the better. Mm-hmm. So like just having the options and the versatility there works for them. Um, the Lakers, by the way, I don't know if everybody saw this. Uh, their move is coming. Uh, I don't know how much better Darren Collison makes them, but uh, he she, he was sitting with Jeannie Buss during the Rockets game. I'm going to take that as a subtle sign that he may be headed to the Lakers. Um, he was going to make the announcement after the All Star break as whether he was going to come out of the, come out of retirement. I, I look. Do we still have to call it retirement? 
Like, he didn't sign for the first half of the season, and I don't know all the details of why, but do we have to call it retirement? Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. I I know, you know, look, I I know what he said publicly about family and faith, and and maybe that's why he did this. All I keep thinking, and and maybe it's just me, is he would have made north of 15 million. He's above average starting point guard. I'm throwing out a ballpark number, but like he would have made good money over a three or four year contract wherever he lands. We're going to assume the Lakers, but wherever he goes, it's for the minimum. And you have to, man, that's a lot of money to leave on the table, man. It's just like, sure. It's, it's, no, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not doubting the authenticity of his commitment to family and faith. I just, yeah. When you, when you miss half a season and it's been clear for a while that he was headed toward coming back like just retirement isn't the word for yeah i don't know what it is whatever he's been doing i think he's a he's a could be a great upgrade for the lakers i i mean you know he hasn't played in a little while that could be good he might be fresh or he could be rusty like we'll see how that goes uh but all the minutes they're giving to rondo in that role i like collison's fit uh as a shooter uh, what he can bring to that role a lot more. Yeah, exactly. He's, I would even say slightly better defender at this point. There's just at I, this I like point, yeah. yeah. So, you know what was also just amazing out of uh, the the trade deadline when we're talking about these deals. I go back and look at that four team deal. You know, twelve players, four teams. I go back and I look at it. and I'm like, you know, that's I can totally see. I don't have one team in there where I'm like, yeah, that was a disaster. I kind of think that worked for everybody. Like, I think that everybody kind of got something they needed and it kind of fit. And it, you know, with a four team deal, that's really rare. Nobody's just, nobody's just absorbing bad contracts to absorb bad contracts in that one. Like everybody got something useful. Um, I probably like Atlanta best out of that though. I just, just because Clint Capella becomes the pick and roll big you needed with Trey Young. So I, I, I agree that it, it's at least fine for everybody and better for some teams than others. I, it's funny, the team that I, I like at the least for is Atlanta. Oh, really? Um, I thought it was high in Capella. I think the majority opinion agrees with you, and I'm in the minority on this as far as liking it for Atlanta. The Hawks obviously aren't going anywhere this year. No. Uh, they could have waited till the summer to have a clearer picture of what other options would be available at center, whether it's trying to sign somebody like Andre Drummond in free agency or trading for someone else or drafting someone or multiple of those. Like what if they're in a position where James Wiseman is the clear best prospect available when they're on the board? doesn't mean they can't pick him with Capella, but it just creates a complication. And I'm not sure I would have given up what's looking like a a pick just outside the, the lottery in order to rush into Capella. Now, I do like his fit with Trey Young. Uh, he can he can roll to the rim in, in a very helpful way, but that was also going to be John Collins' role. I don't know what happens to John Collins now. That's a complication. Maybe the Hawks have a very good plan. Maybe that'll work together, the two of them in tandem, better than I think. Uh, I, I don't really like it, but maybe the, the Hawks have a plan of what to do with Collins, maybe move on from whatever. Uh I think there's a risk that if you keep both of them, they lower each other's value because they're stepping on each other's toes. So I, I like it okay for the Hawks, but I, I do see some more downside potential than you do. Uh, maybe a little bit. I'll, I'll say this. I think the plan with John Collins is to trade him this summer. I think yeah. I, I genuinely think that once you got Capella, and I think they were maybe even hesitant to this before, Collins is going to make, somebody's going to pay Collins, right? Like, cause he's bouncy mm-hmm. and he's young and there is some skill there and potential. Somebody's going to step up and pay Collins. Well, if somebody's going to do that, 
the Hawks have to be looking like, man, do we want to do that? Do we want to pay this? I, I genuinely believe they will trade him this summer now that he's, like you said, I just don't see the fit with him next to Capella. And Capella's locked in. Capella's locked in at a really reasonable number, and he's he's a kind of a proven pick and roll guy. So I, I shop him around. But do they lose leverage in trade negotiations if everybody thinks, yeah, they'll probably move John Collins because they have Capella now? Probably, yeah, I yeah. would say so. I would I would think so. Uh, who did you like out of that trade? Uh, you know, I I liked it a lot for the Rockets uh, front office. I'll say more so than the Rockets on the whole. Uh, the Rockets would be a better team if they were willing to pay the luxury tax. No matter what they keep saying, they clearly are not because yes. these fluky things keep happening where they get under. Now, if that's the parameter, that's the parameter, and that's okay. Don't side the red. Don't just keep telling everybody how committed you are to winning Tillman for today and how much you're. You'll of course pay the luxury tax and then having your team sneak under. Okay. If that's their parameters, that's fine. Once they are, I really like Covington as a fit. He, he's on a relatively cheap contract. I think he just fits excellently, excellently with the way they play on the court. He's locked up another couple of years, so if you're sinking in assets, you know, you, you've got this team in place. Uh, so I, I think it was just a great trade for the Rockets' front office. Do you like the small ball? Do you, I mean, I, look, I think it's entertaining. It was kind of fun to watch against the Lakers last night. We'll obviously be seeing a lot more of it with the P.J. Tucker at center thing. They're going to be fun. I, I'm not sure that it wins them a lot of playoff games, but they're having success with it. And I love that if Mike D'Antoni is going to go out as a lame duck coach, man, <laughs> go out on your terms. I mean, it is fun. There's no question. I also think they can win a championship playing that way. My, my concern isn't so much their level of play. I mean, I think they are a championship caliber team playing that way. There are also other championship caliber teams. I mean, the the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, even more than that, that can be playing at a very high level in the playoffs. So just because you're one of them doesn't mean you're going to win a championship, but I do believe they're one of them. Here's the catch. It's such a heavy burden on their players, particularly P.J. Tucker, that you wonder whether they can sustain it over a long playoff run, and that's asking a lot. Maybe they'd be better off with a little more depth, and I won't say the way to get depth, uh, but it rhymes with a uh, luxury max. <laughs> exactly. And there, there really is Tillman Fertitta's pocketbook was one of the winners in that trade. Um, it's, it's he, they're not going to be paying the tax and he seems not to, by the way, Robert Covington, not only like, like talk about a guy who wins on this thing gets traded from a team that's lost 12 in a row, 13 in a row now, but 12 in a row with him. To a team that's now, you know, like you said, border, you know, certainly going to go make a playoff run, potential contender. By the way, also traded from Minnesota to Houston, so it's like 30 <laughs> degrees warmer. Um, yeah, No state income tax in Texas. No state income tax. This was all good for Covington, man. This was well, all good. The one drawback is he's going to have to play a ton of minutes. He's got an injury history. Yeah. Like, they can't, they can't load manage him. That's not how they're set up. No, they're... They really can't. They're not uh, to do that, and he does have a long injury history. By the way, the flip side of that would be Mo Harkless, who went from a contender in Los Angeles to the Knicks. Um, I'm sorry, man. That's, that's, that's rough. He was starting on a team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year, and just because of his contract situation, he's gotten flipped all around. Uh, yep. I, I, all the deals have been understandable, but it just kind of stinks for him. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Um the other thing that was really interesting out of, or one of the other interesting things out of this whole day of trades, was basically every there wasn't a lot of cap space. Certainly not cap space with good teams next summer anyway. 
and man, Atlanta, Cleveland, Memphis just wanted out. Like they were, they were willing to to do away with their cap space this summer to to bring in guys, and in Cleveland's case, bring in. I mean, do you would you rather have the cap space or would you rather have Kevin Love? I mean, uh, Kevin Love. I mean, Andre Drummond. It depends where you are as a team. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it could go. We'll see how it goes in the summer. But because there's so little cap space, the the value you could extract for taking on bad salary so a destination market can land somebody, a team ready to win, could be so high. And uh, now Detroit is in position to do that instead of Cleveland. I, I'd probably rather have the cap space. Yeah, same here. Um, it's it's bad news for guys. I don't know if Gordon Hayward opt out or does he just opt in? He probably opts in, but that's a guess. I don't know. Um, um, I mean, you you could see him opting out in order to take a lower salary with the Celtics for next season, but getting more guaranteed on a long term deal, uh, kind of like what yeah. a lot of people thought uh, Al Horford would do with Boston. That didn't really work out, did it? Um, sure. Well. I don't know. Look at look at the 76ers in the standings. Look at the Celtics. You tell me if it works <laughs> it's out. It's true. Not. It's true. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's a free. Uh, Joe Harris. Joe Harris will get paid a little because guys, a guy can shoot. Uh, Montrose Harrell might do, you know, some of the free agents can't be really thrilled with, with less money out there. Although Miami, Miami, Miami. gets, Miami gets some now. And by the way, um, when they, you know, Detroit essentially took the cap space. I don't know that they're going to do anything with it, but they will now have cap space as well. Um, if you have that cap space this summer, you're more likely to sit on. You don't want to just spend it to spend it, right? Like that's that's when you well, make bad decisions. I, well, this is also a great summer to have cap space, though you you have fewer competitors, and so it's it's really going to be a market controlled by the teams with cap space, or uh, like I was saying, the teams that can open cap space by dumping contracts. Yeah, were you surprised Tristan Thompson didn't get traded? No, his salary was just too high. Like, how do you get a matching salary all the way up to what was around $18 million without including somebody better, more valuable than Tristan Thompson? It's real difficult to do. Yeah. And, and he's, a, to me, an interesting example of this landscape, this cap space landscape. Uh, so word came out quickly that he did not, he wasn't going to get bought out. And I don't know if that's the Cavs' choice or his choice, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if his thinking is, okay, I wanted to be traded, but now that I'm not traded, if I stay in Cleveland, I'll still have bird rights. I don't have to stay in Cleveland next summer, but at least I'll have the opening to re-sign there. That might be my best path to a good contract. That makes some sense. That that does. Anybody else that impressed you, or other things that stood out for you during this this um, th- during this trade deadline? You know, fewer. Uh, a few teams that are still in the luxury tax surprised me. Uh, the Thunder are still over the line. They're, I think, facing the repeater rate. I thought they would try to get out. The Timberwolves are over the luxury tax line, and it's not much. And maybe they have some sneaky way to, to get under uh, but before it's assessed on the last day of the season. Uh, but that, that some of these teams didn't completely avoid the tax is a little surprising. Uh, it's also going to be a historically low tax payment collectively yes like the teams that are in are barely in and so one advantage to being out of the tax is some of the tax money has traditionally gone uh, to be distributed among the teams who don't pay the tax well that distribution check this year is going to be pretty low yeah i heard was it john hollinger or somebody um talking about this recently and saying basically yeah that's usually a three or four or five three four five million dollar payment at least 
and this year it's it's going to be closer to half a million they're estimating and so you went from getting a couple of games worth of revenue which if you're one of the smaller market teams that's a you know that can be the difference between red and black really to not much money at all like really in the grand scheme of things and so that's it's going to hit some teams bottom line so yeah I, I am a little surprised i thought we'd see some teams i thought portland some teams might try to maneuver under the uh under the cap but it was interesting um i think that's I, honestly i'm trying to think of who else I, I feel like i'm forgetting somebody i want to talk about off the top of my head but i don't now don't now know who it is so was there anyone else you wanted to talk about i mean, we've definitely hit on the big moves um I like what the 76ers did in a small move, getting Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson. Yeah. Now, maybe if they were uh, had their roster constructed where they're not limited, maybe mostly to trading for uh, minimum salary players, they could have gotten guys better. But given their constraints, uh, I think those are better minimum players than you would have thought they could get. Yeah, and I think that those are guys who can help them because, man, they, they just... They need some shooting. They need some spacing. They've got to... And that, that team, I watched them again last night. I mean, they just, rarely do I say this because it's just kind of vague, but something's got to shake them, right? They need something to just kind of shake them up and get them on the same page. They're not going to fire Brett Brown in season. He's 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 earned the right not to have that happen to him, I think, going through the process. But long term, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hey, Ty, Ty Lue thought he had earned the right not to get fired during the season, too. Yeah, there's a lot of guys who thought that. I don't. I think the part of there's also the it's just too late thing. I that maybe maybe. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're letting a guy go early, but at this point, hey, Dave Blatt thought it was too late. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there but probably he, some examples of these outside of Cleveland. <laughs> no, they're all in Cleveland. Um, so, <laughs> well, it was it was an interesting trade deadline. It, it led to a, an interesting thing. Um, Go ahead. One more move with the Marcus Morris trade. Uh, can we just marvel for a moment at part of that being the uh, Clippers giving up 2021 swap rights in the first round? <laughs> that, was, that was my actually, I can't believe I forgot that because it was in my notes and here it is. That was like my favorite part of the whole thing that they gave up 2021 swap rights. For people who don't know, next, not this draft, but in 2021, the Knicks have the right to swap with the Clippers if the Clippers have a better pick. <laughs> It's like, I mean, sure, but like, who who thinks of this? Who in the middle of negotiations as 3 p.m. is coming says, "Hey, we're real close. What if you uh, what if you agreed to this?" Yeah, well, I I I could see the Knicks offering that, and I can see, and I'm I'm you know I know these some of these guys a little bit, and I can see like Lee Jenkins turning to <laughs> to, to Lords Frank, and they start laughing and like. Mute that. Mute, mute the mute the mute, mute the speaker for a second so we can laugh. Then we'll come back on like, yeah, we we think that's okay. You can you can switch our likely top our top our if you if you're um I mean what's the what's the best the Knicks are going to be next year? Like, right. I mean, they're I, they're gonna they're gonna be high lottery and the Clippers are going to be twenty five at best maybe. I mean, if they don't really care terribly about the regular season again, maybe it's twenty two. But that's going to be a terrible pick. Like, I, I want to give the Knicks the benefit of the doubt and just and just say, you know, fluky things can happen. Kawhi, Paul George have injury histories. The Knicks are going to have a lot, a lot of spending power this summer. We'll see where that goes. Like, it's smart to get everything you can get in a trade. And if you can get this one little extra thing, there is a 
technically non-zero chance it helps you. But mostly, <laughs> I just want to laugh at the idea that maybe in the delusional Knicks that there is somebody who believes, yeah, this is a reasonable possibility. Yeah, exactly. It's this, you know the Knicks had to propose this, so uh, it'll be interesting. Of course, it's going to be interesting watching the Knicks for a while now. We'll see how uh, Leon Rose does... Uh- I'm not as convinced that the Knicks proposed it. I think it's possible that the Clippers were like, hey, well, we're close. What if we did swap rights? And the Knicks thought, oh, swap rights. Whenever a team gets swap <laughs> rights in a trade, like everybody compliments them. Everybody thinks that's so smart. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, th- that is very possible. They're, they're like, I wonder if the Knicks will go for this. <laughs> yeah, one way, one way or another, I, I think this is one where Jerry West was laughing in every, you know, what <laughs> which was the one what was the one he was laughing about recently so um uh, I, he said that it, it, i'm not going go blank but yeah if I, if I can be fair to this i did like that trade for them i mean Marcus well, I did Morris too. wasn't taking them no i don't think it was bad. he's on an expiring contract like you got the guaranteed first round pick that's great it's also a little silly that they only had marcus morris because reggie bullock filled his physical like of all the the mediocre players the knicks rushed to sign after Kyrie and kevin durant weren't coming like why didn't they get marcus morris in the first place he's really good yeah exactly no I, and i think it I, you're right i think look i don't i think getting the pick even if it's late that's a that's a good gamble to take if you're the knicks you're you're, you're going to get you can roll the dice on somebody down there and and you know hey there's some there's a we could run through it. There's a long litany of guys taken in the twenties who panned out to be very very good players. So it's it's worth the gamble. Absolutely. All right, Dan. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, we will be back next week with Rob Doster from NBC Sports breaking down um, this vastly unpopular draft among teams and <laughs> um, and uh, who we actually should be watching for outside of James Wiseman going to the Cleveland Cavaliers and then them him trading him somehow. Um, so we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.